Hello and welcome to another 9-Minute Bible Study. Our starting point, Acts chapter 7, and let's look at verse 51. Be stiff-necked and uncircumcised and hardened ears. Do you always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did? So do ye. This is the key verse in this chapter. This is where Stephen addresses those who are questioning him, the Jewish religious rulers, He's on trial before them for his life, and he addresses the main problem that they have. They are resisting the Holy Ghost. Let's touch on his testimony a little bit, and let's see how they are resisting the Holy Ghost. Stephen began by basically resetting how Israel wound up in Egypt. He began by mentioning Abraham's dream how the Lord told him hundreds of years in advance how his descendants, the children of Israel, would wind up in Egyptian bondage and how after 400 years they would be freed and released from said bondage after Abraham had that dream. What happened next? Isaac was born. Then Isaac had a son named Jacob and Esau. Jacob became the one to whom the promises of God went. He had, as we know, 12 sons, one of whom was Joseph. Now, Joseph was the one who had the coat of many colors. He was the one who had the dreams about his brothers bowing to him and his father bowing to him as well. When we look at chapter 7, and let's look at verse 9. It said, And the patriarchs, these would be ten of the sons of Jacob. When they saw what was going on, they were moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, and God was with him. So what do we see here? We see Joseph, the one who's had the dreams, the one who has said, You're going to be bowing to me rejected by his ten older brothers. They started by throwing him into a pit, then they sold him into slavery, and he was taken to Egypt. He was rejected by his brothers. You could say that they were resisting what the Holy Spirit was already directing, that Joseph would be the one they would be bowing to. Now, did things get better for Joseph in Egypt? Absolutely not. He was sold into slavery. He worked for a man named Potiphar. Everything seemed to be going well. That is, until he was falsely accused of a crime he did not commit and wound up in jail. His dreams come back into play when the butler and the baker were thrown into the local jail. They had dreams, and Joseph accurately predicted what was going to happen in each of those dreams. Later on, after Joseph was forgotten in jail, the pharaoh, or the ruler of all Egypt, he has a dream that nobody could interpret. Joseph was called from the jail, and he interpreted the dreams, setting the stage for what was going to be the seven good years of harvest and the seven long years of drought. In that seven-year period, when there were bumper crops throughout Egypt, Joseph saved enough food 
to take care of everyone in Egypt and also enough food to sell to those outside the country. This is where his brothers, Joseph's brothers, come back into play. What happens? Their brothers were sent by their father, Jacob, to Egypt to buy food for the family. What happens immediately? The brothers of Joseph, not knowing that their brother Joseph is now the governor of Egypt, they bow to him. What has happened? The one whom the ten older brothers had resisted, Joseph, the one they sold into slavery, God had raised him up miraculously. And then what happened? They were bowing at the feet of Joseph. The one they resisted, Joseph, was now the one over them. Even Jacob, when he came to Egypt later on, he would be under the rule and the authority of Joseph, the governor of the land. This is more than just dreams of Joseph coming true. This is a type of what Stephen is talking about. The brothers knew the plan of God. They resisted the plan of God by selling Joseph into Egypt. Not only did they tell their dear old dad that he was dead, they operate under the assumption that he was dead. It was a shock to them that they found out he was not just alive, but that God had raised him up to be governor of Egypt. And now Joseph is the one in charge, and they're the one bowing to him. They resisted at first, but God raised up. And now the one that God raised up is the one in charge. You can use the type of resisting the Holy Ghost, but then the one that the Holy Ghost is raising up becomes the one who is in charge. A lot of chapter 7 really is about Moses as well. We're familiar with the story. When Moses went and visited the children of Israel, what happened? Moses said, what? He looked. He saw one Egyptian beating up an Israelite. And what did Moses do? He looked this way. He looked that way. And he slew the Egyptian. Now, regarding this, Stephen said the following. Chapter 7. Let's start with verse 24. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. Verse 26. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, you are brethren. Why do ye wrong one to another? Verse 27. And he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Will you kill me as you did the Egyptian 
also. Now, let's tie this back to verse 35. Then Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? What did we just see here? They refused Moses as a ruler and a judge. You can say they were resisting the will of God about Moses. What happened? Moses ran to the middle of the wilderness, and for the next 40 years, he spent time there. We know what happened. Moses saw the burning bush. We can say this is the moment God began to raise Moses up. And why was he raising him up? I'm going to make you wait till the next lesson to find that out.